cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Vince Ning, CEO and founder of Navis. Vince, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me, Brian. Um, it's been uh, doing well. <laughs> I can't complain. When you're working for those big firms, you're pushing innovation. And now in the cannabis industry, you're kind of chopping down the trees and really starting the path forward. So any hesitation to kind of go from, let's say, big Silicon Valley tech to the cannabis industry? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was a lot of just, uh, I, I felt like, um, because cannabis, you know, in, in everyone in the back of everyone's mind, it just felt unsafe and insecure. That was definitely my initial, I guess, personal hesitation, reservation coming into the space. But that's why I kind of started with just like a friend of mine who was in the space, uh, since I, we had trust and he introduced me to more people and I trusted his introductions. And so, you know, a lot of our business today um, as an infrastructure as a service business is built on that customer trust. You know, that lifeblood is really what gives people more confidence to refer more customers to us. And um, that's what makes this this wheel spin. And apart from that, you know, I, we, we honestly thought it was a really cool space. People in the industry were really genuine and real and authentic. You know, the problems were very tangible, um, you know, coming from tech, you're always staring at a screen. I can't say I, I don't always stare at a screen today, but you know, when, when you're delivering products, like I, I started doing the deliveries myself for the better part of the first year of operations, you, know, you get to touch and feel uh, uh, you know, what your service is doing in the industry um, and how it's actually helping move products from point A to point B safely and securely, handling cash collections and uh, you know, processing that. It's a, it's a real business. So let's stay in like the early days. Take us through like what the business plan looked like and then pitching those initial customers to kind of get them on board with the service and then kind of the iterations and the scaling process because the complexity of what you're doing is really challenging. And I think some people don't understand how many variables are being kind of handled at the same time. Yeah. I mean, the first customers, you know, it, it again it comes back to just what the customer needs. And um, back then we didn't have our, you know, B2B marketplace. We didn't build like a Navis Capital solution. We didn't build analytics tools. We just built a website to help people enter orders in that we would deliver and fulfill on and we would collect payments for. And that's what people needed. Like they didn't need some fancy software to tell them, like, oh, these like cool analytics, they didn't need AI. Um, they just needed uh, some way to deliver their products from point A to point B compliantly and get paid. And so, you know, we we came in as those trustworthy guys who, you know, would do all of that and not steal from them and uh, deliver a, just a good quality of service for fulfilling their products. And that was the initial pitch. Um, you know, we would do the deliveries ourselves just to give that sort of high touch experience and build a relationship directly with you know the execs at these companies. And and through that, it's just you know, one brand at a time, we just sort of pieced this whole thing together. And, you know, we were learning from them just as much as they were, they were using our service. It's got to be such a challenging process, right? Can, can you lay out like a little more of a scenario for that for our listeners to try to understand like exactly how that works? Because I think it's such an integral part, especially given like the cash capacities in the space. Yeah. So the, the sort of uh, example would be brand A would sell you know, let's say $100,000 worth of products in an order to retailer A. And there, you know, out comes like an invoice. 
And you know that $100,000 invoice might be sold on, let's say, net 30 terms, which means the retailer has 30 days to pay it back. Um, after they have the product, they get to sell through the product, they'll probably have the cash to pay it back. Um, the brand, oftentimes, these are very small businesses who you know, 100,000 bucks might be all the money they have. And so they put it all in the inventory, they shipped it off, they don't have the money to go start producing their next batch of inventory. And so that's not a good way to build a brand because ultimately what would happen is after the 30 days, perhaps the retailers sold through, um, ideally has sold through the product, that shelf space goes empty. But as a brand, you don't want gaps in product availability on the stores of shelves. And so they want to be able to start producing their next batch of inventory before that product sells through. And so what they'll do is they can take that invoice. It's an asset. It's an account receivable. They can sell it to Navis. And Navis will underwrite and say, Hey, okay, as long as this retailer we know will pay on time, we will basically buy this invoice and then basically pay the invoice in advance on behalf of the retailer first. But we would pay it out at a discount. You know, that's where we make our money. So we pay it out 97 cents on the dollar. The brand gets their 97 cents um, and they can start doing whatever they want with it, running their business, paying payroll, start producing their next batch of inventory. And we will wait the next 30 days to collect from the retailer. How does the distribution work and what type of paperwork goes in on the on those distributions? Like, is there tons of paperwork for all the products? How does that work? Yeah, there, there actually is. And it's actually like such a really annoyingly uh, like a small but major but like really impactful problem. Um, but you know for our, for our fulfillment platform, what we do is we'll intake products from cultivators, manufacturers. It's always final package products. Some most often it's you know cannabis uh, like vapes, flour, edibles, whatever. Um, and then you know there's also like batteries and like ancillary products too and merch. And so we will store and centralize all of that inventory in our warehouses across the state. Um, we have over 71,000 square feet. We're actually launching a new 86,000 square foot facility. So we're going to be able to service about 30... Right now, we're about 14% of the California market that we serve. And we'll be able to serve about 30% with uh, this new facility from a storage capacity perspective. But what that will be able to do is after we you know, we're, we hold more and more inventory, uh, we all those products are listed on our marketplace. Retailers can purchase from our brands directly or you know, through our marketplace or by contacting a sales rep. And um, once that sale is made, we pick, pack, ship the products um, on a two-day turnaround time uh, to retailers across the state. What is the biggest challenge setting up your business that most wouldn't know? I would say a big part of it is recruiting. You know, cannabis... While everyone sees it as a huge opportunity and a lot of people smoke weed, you know, two thirds of all Americans support cannabis for them to kind of change gears on their career and work full time at a cannabis company, I think would still raise eyebrows for a lot of people. Um, and this industry, amongst you know, any other new industry, needs that good talent coming from other industries who have experience in logistics, supply chain, in CPG, in you know, product creation, branding. You know, a lot of those people just won't join the cannabis industry because it's still federally illegal. Amazon used their data inside trends to release products. Any future roadmap ideas of Navis releasing consumer-facing products? No, not really. Um, you know, it's always been a thought and people always ask us about it. But one of the big reasons we've been able to scale our platform to the extent that we have today is because we're grounded in this agnosticism where you know, we have a balanced portfolio. Um, we have competitive brands shipping on our platform, but you know, we don't do the sales uh, for them. So we're not picking sides. We don't have our own 
brands. We don't compete with it. We, we don't create conflicts of interest amongst the customers we, uh, we fulfill for. Building out the technology stack, what was one concept or fact that surprisingly was overwhelmingly harder than you initially thought? Ooh, I mean, I would say it's definitely the inventory management side because um, it has to abide by compliance standards and um, there's you know unique SKUs and batches and there's COAs and there's kind of different depending on the product category, you could have like you know various different. It's like to define one unit, it actually requires so much metadata um, to actually describe, and so that part, I think we built our inventory, rebuilt our inventory management system like three different times, um, just because the regs kept changing and we needed to add more and more fields into our database. Since you've been in the cannabinoid industry, what has been the biggest misconception? I would honestly say it's just uh, you know how harmful the product is. If you can sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, I, I would honestly say you know despite what kind of business you're building, relationships are are key. So Vince, for our listeners, they want to get in touch, they want to learn more about you and your company. Where can they find you? Yeah, so go to nabis.com, N-A-B-I-S.com. Um, you can find out all about our services, what we do, what we're all about um, there. And then um, you know, if you're looking, whether you're looking for a job or you're looking to use us as a platform. Um, the other is we have, we have an Instagram, nabis underscore HQ. Um, and you can see in real time what, what we're, our team's up to all the time. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we'll link those up in the show notes. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks so much. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we break, break it all down. down.